Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Chris Evans here, and welcome once again to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the one and only Fern Cotton telling us all about her brand new Happy Place app. Virgin Radio's very own Graham Norton takes us through his brand new novel, Forever Home, his fourth, another bestseller for sure. And son of Beatle, Julian Lennon chats his brilliant new single, Lucky Ones, and his new album, Jude, plus why he's changed his name by Depot, and so much more else. Lovely chat with Julian. Huge, huge. Intro now, please, from Vasos Alexander. You will know our next guest from your radio and your telly and your bookshelf and your favourite podcast and the Tesco ad. And now from your local friendly app store, the new Happy Place app is available now. When it comes to wellness, we still have lots to learn. So we re- yearn for the return of fun. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Just about got there, Vassos. Just about. No, congratulations on everything. By the way, he missed out your festivals there. Um, oh, the festivals, doesn't yeah. matter. But congratulations most of all, as Vass alluded to there, uh, the Tesco ad. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just, it's relentless, isn't it? It's, it's good, it though. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, when did you get that call? How does that work? What, for Tesco? Yeah, did you get an audition or... Did, did no, you? didn't get... I know. Do you have a separate agent for your voiceovers? No, no. Same, same. same. But um, I, like, I love doing voiceovers. Yeah, I used to love them. Yeah. Don't get them anymore. Okay. Can I have the name, name and number of your agent, please? That'd be great. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so the Happy Place app now. You know, you know when somebody's big and successful because they've had a book out, right? But then you go to like Foils on Tottenham Court Road. She's got her own section. What have I? Yeah, you have got your own section. Yeah. Oh, I might pop there on the way home. It's really. I, I would if I were you. <laughs> I'm I, so excited. If that were me, I'd set up camp in front of my own. <laughs> shop. You've got your own shelf. I had no clue. My local yeah. bookshop sometimes has my books, sometimes doesn't, and I feel a bit put out about that. Yeah. But... Well. well you, you, you shouldn't be put out by that, right? Because here's the thing. My local bookshop always has my books. Yours sometimes has your books and sometimes doesn't, which means they sell. Oh, well, true. <laughs> you, okay, see, you don't maybe. want them always. <laughs> you oh, made a good point. Oh, good they're argument. still there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how come my books are there? Because we've sold them all. We've reordered some new ones. That's uh, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm I've feeling stopped, better about I've this. I've stopped going in. It's just not... <laughs> Our local bookshop, Caroline, went in and said, you know... Vassus Alexander's written books about running in barns and wearing by his barns. Do you want? To, do you want? To, you should stock his books. And they went, "Nah, you're right." Oh, Thanks a lot. That's not yeah. very nice. Yeah. So eight books and counting. The Happy Place podcast launched in 2018, doing great business. You have got your own publishing thing going on now as well. Yes, yeah, so we have a book imprint with Ebreeze. We have Happy Place books. So we're sort of continuing the theme of the podcast and like the other work it. we're doing. And yeah, publishing beautiful books with great storytelling, lesson learning, advice. Some are expert led. Some are more sort of anecdotal and personal but yeah it's been that's been a wonderful process well we have Craig David on the show next Wednesday and he's written a book on and he's on to talk about his book and he's going to sing some songs but it's one of your books yeah it's a happy place book yeah we've been talking to Craig about this for years so we're glad that after sort of it being an initial conversation the book exists and it's really good so the happy place empire because it is it is it is an empire and it's by the way it's cool it's fine to have an empire of course it is yeah. because it's a useful one you know and did you always have a route map for how it was going to start what was the first happy place product was that the book yeah it was a book happy and i mean i had no 
plans to do anything. So happy was the first one. Yeah. When did you think happy, happy place? Probably a couple of books in where I was like, oh, actually, people are really interested in this subject. Right. And there's it, it felt like a conversation rather than I wasn't imparting any wisdom. I was just sort of talking about my own experiences. And but it, you were, though, Fern. Stop I talking. Don't know. No, you can't, <laughs> I don't say, know. you can't say that because you absolutely were. And I mean, you I think are, I've gained you're... some. I've, and I've, you know, I've talked to some very interesting people. Yeah. But I think a little way down the line, we thought a podcast could be cool because I wasn't really doing radio at that point And it felt like a nice organic place to end up in and I love interviewing people right. so we started the podcast and that was just fun so so it was ha- the book Happy yeah then Happy Place in. was the podcast Happy Place was the podcast so the first time yeah. we heard Happy Place was the podcast yeah and, and then, then we-, we were like oh this is this could be a thing right and we just then started taking lots of chances and some have worked and some haven't but that's the way it is but that's the way, that's it, way it is goes. and it's been a, an amazing adventure I'm still on it clearly but it's been brilliant okay so when was the festival next Probably the festival. Um, we experimented with a few different projects. We had a music project at one point. We had an album. So we worked with different artists right. to create sort of music that talked about mental health. So that do you have was a team? Do you, how does it work? Yeah, yeah. We have an amazing team um, who all have very bespoke jobs and we all cross-pollinate and bring our ideas together and that then ended up being the festival. That was the first big kind of let's bring everyone together yeah. to do an event where we hopefully really offer some offer lots of people helpful, resourceful advice and tools for a very low price point. Um, and that's, you know, that's, this summer it went brilliantly. We're so proud of it. It was, it was amazing. And what about, so the, the next thing is the app. Yeah. So what, how does the app work? What is it? How do people get it? So the app has sort of collated everything that I've learned over the years with all the different brilliant experts that I've not only spoken to but have befriended I'd say 80% of the practitioners on the app are just mates of mine that have luckily said yes to being part of this project so all the tools that I've used are lots of things that I know you're very interested in as well that have genuinely helped me reduce stress sleep better because I haven't been a great sleeper historically um, have helped get me back in the moment rather than racing ahead they're all very different practices there's everything from meditation yoga tapping yoga nidra sleep stories there's articles on all of these things as well but there's a lot of sessions that you partake in either voice-led or some are video-led and it's a one-stop shop for all of that and there should be something that floats your boat because there's a lot of different practices on there yeah and that's a big deal isn't it because you've got to if, if people buy into this which they can i know so you can go on a 14-day free trial we'll get to that in a second or two so he doesn't want that for 14 days for free that's that's great that you know that is a no-lose situation oh. that is a win-win and a nothing but win situation because you can cancel your subscription after that if it doesn't work for you but with that comes great industry doesn't it so so you have to now come up with all this stuff so yeah. so what what is the weight of that like how does that look well that that is the exciting bit for me because we've launched with sort of, I see it as phase one of what this app is. So right. here are some really brilliant practitioners, I believe the best out there, like yeah. the breathwork expert. I think you've had Rebecca Dennis on the show before. We've had lots of breath people on. She is one of them. Yeah, yes. so Rebecca um, sort of heads up that section of, of um, the app at the moment. And then Poppy Delbridge does the, the tapping and there's meditation from my friend Jambo and Giselle Lapont more like they're top of their game. 
But I think we could go off in so many different directions in terms of practical help for people. Um, and I've got lots of ideas for, for where we take that. Because this has got to be a sustainable project. We've got to keep this rolling for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the lucky thing is I meet new interesting people every day in the work that I do. So it's now just a chance to work with them more closely and get their expertise out to the masses. Yeah. The Happy Place app available now on oh, IS from the Happy Place website and the App Store. Fern, you're always welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Don't leave it so long next time. I won't. Don't be a stranger. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. You're listening to Virgin Radio. Chris Evans at breakfast, Graham Norton at the weekend. Oh, hang on, he's right here now to Graham's guide us through the pages of his new blockbuster Forever Home out now. Whether it's the telly, the radio or the bestseller charts, he is the antidote to boredom. It's Graham Norton. All right, Graham. Thank you very much Now, the last time you came and did something similar this conversation-wise on this show, you bagged the job here. I know. So what's going to happen? I'm going to get fired today. Are you going to be cancelled today? I doubt it. (laughs) Anything could happen in the next half an hour. Right, I haven't read your book right of course okay. novels you don't do don't do you know you hear yeah i don't do novels i yeah. apologize i try but it would be a, wor- a worse conversation for it if i just tried to sort of you no. know um, and also i feel it. like if there was a venn diagram yes. of someone who wouldn't like this book it's probably you oh I, hang on a minute i'm not saying i wouldn't like it just can't, i was trying to talk about novels before wasn't i generally and i even messed that up didn't i rachel yeah you said that you didn't you weren't in, into plots no, I didn't say that it was worse. <laughs> Thank you for making it sound better than it actually turned out to be. So, what, did you, um, what did you actually say? So I can't remember. Um, it's a long show, Graham. Three and a half no, hours. here's the thing. Yes. Novels, I think. Yes. I think because even when you're writing them, I, when I was writing this, you begin to lose faith in your silly book because the world is in a you know state of chaos, and you're thinking I should be writing you know some sort of state of the nation thing, or I should be writing you know a book about something. But then you come back to stories, and I think you know we told stories around the fires, in, you know we were living in caves, and I think we'll be telling stories to each other as we you know file off to Armageddon. So I think stories are so important, yeah. and they're kind of at the root of everything that you and I do. Stories totally, and you know. And if you want to, George Clooney says, you know, if you want to get your point across, tell a story um, because it's the best way, of course, especially if it's filled with humour, even about the darkest subjects. Look at Charlie Chaplin, The Great Dictator. We were talking about that in 1939, what an effect that had. Um, for this is a long show. Wow. The betterment on the world. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but listen to this Forever Home, Graham Norton, his fourth novel. If you carry on like this, you will have written more than I've read. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not far off, it has to be said. Do you want to frame it and then we'll get Rachel to talk about it? What do I want to do? Frame frame what goes on in this. Oh, frame it. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's uh, about a divorced woman, Carol. She's older, she's in her late 40s, and she finds love for the second time uh, with a older man called Declan. And his wife had left him, so he's got adult children, she's got an adult son. And that's great, they found love. Wonderful. But he gets ill and his kids spend no time in getting him out of the house into a home and turfing her out of the house. Her parents, Moira and Dave, my favourite characters in the oh, book. Oh, Moira Crotty is, is, <laughs> is, is a goddess. And she she decides to right a wrong, like a moral warrior, and in doing so, stirs up a whole mess of trouble, plot thickens, drama ensues the end. Love it. OK. And uh, it's interesting that you there allude to your favourite characters in the book. So if you have a favourite character, they do they get the line? 
limelight of your attention while you're writing there? I mean, sort of. What, what Moira did was Moira brought the funny. I wasn't expecting this book to be funny. But Moira, she's in her late 80s. She's a particular sort of Irish mother. She shows her love by doing rather than saying. And Inspired I, by anyone in particular? No, I don't know what you mean, Chris <laughs> Evans. <laughs> My mother hasn't read it yet, so uh, we'll, see, we'll see what she thinks of it. Oh, uh, I gave, I'm on every page. <laughs> <laughs> but I say this. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, I, yeah, Moira was my favourite character. And even just, there's, because you deal with some really big issues, especially Declan's illness. Yeah. Which you write about beautifully. Oh, thank you. But then, but then there's the hilarity of Moira and even describe their house, the house that they've bought because they're so successful with their cafes, but how they furnish it. Yeah, so they're one of the, and you, you know these people. <laughs> uh, so they, they go big on the house and they buy this sort of architect designed glass box Malibu beach house that's been built in West Cork but of course they furnish it with their furniture so it's got like pine dressers and overstuffed chintz sofas and they put carpet over all the lovely wooden floors and it does it yeah it's not for inspired them inspired by anyone Graham no actually well I mean I have seen houses like that but that's not my mother my mother does not live in a Malibu beach house I mean it, she would if I if, I, if she allowed me to put her in one see now that's from a cinema te- uh, cinema to gra- what was the word cinematographical Cinematographic point of view. Oh, from a photogenic point of view, that would play well in a movie. Do you always have a screenplay in mind when you do? No, not at all. It's weird because you think, you know, because the first one, Holding, did become a TV show. So you think, oh, in my head, I've been out. But when you're in the book, you're in the book. Like, I don't even go as far as to think about the audiobook, which governs here. I'm going to do that. And I don't even think. So. I'll, I'll do the audiobook and I'll be turning pages going, oh my God, they talk. Oh no, oh no, this person has an accent. Oh no. Uh, it's so, yeah. And you think, when I'm writing it, I would be thinking that far ahead, but I'm not. Because you're in the moment, which you're is in great. Because yeah. you, you, you work for Audible as well, don't you? I do, yeah. I okay. do a book, uh, book club for book them. Club. Uh, so this is a, an online, this is an In Your Ears book club. Yeah, it's In Your Ears book club and we have actual clubbers. who are. My, that's my favourite bit. We have people up and down the land and we get a panel of them together and you know presumably the authors do hear this because I interview the author separately and then I go to the covers we talk about the book and some weeks tell us about that they get a drumming (laughs) oh do they know about it is this post the reviews then it's it's post the interview so they've heard the interview with the author and actually often the interview with the author will soften their reviews right. because they like the sound of the author. Fair enough. Uh, but sometimes the books, oh, they know like And it. it's hard to stay angry. <laughs> they say that, don't they, about yeah. anger? You have to get up and be. You, you have to remind yourself you're angry about something, which is why they say say time is a great healer because people just can't be bothered to be that angry for that long. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Graham, lovely to see you again. Oh, take care. You're the best, Graham Norton, Virtue Radio's very own Graham Norton, uh, talking about his brand new book, Forever Home. And he's appearing uh, live over the next few days. Need me with Graham Norton, Cardiff New Theatre, uh, Bath the Pavilion on the 10th, 16th Guildford, October the 17th Chester, 18th Edinburgh, 22nd London, and Tunbridge Wells on the 23rd. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He is the inspiration for three of the greatest songs of all time. His dad was a Beatle, and luckily for the rest of us, he is every bit as talented as you'd hope. He's a photographer. 
an author. And his first album for 10 years, Jude, is out now. Of course it's no lemon, because he's Julian Lennon. <laughs> morning, Jules. Good. How are Good. we? I'm alive. Second yeah. time we've met this morning. Uh, indeed. Uh, you know, Do you, you want can to tell, tell us. <laughs> no, you can tell the story. <laughs> Just before the interview, just went for a comfort break. Yes. A comfort break, is that what it's called? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, uh, installed myself, you know, um, up to one of the urinals. And you know when you sense somebody else is next to you? And so you, you sometimes you look, sometimes I did, you don't. I did try and stay as far away from you as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was Judy. So we were, so we warmed up this evening by having a pee together. Yes. Yeah. That's the way to wake up, isn't it? Yeah. And I wash my hands. Me too. Good. Excellent. Yes. Perfect. How are you? Um, alive. I call it life lagged these days. Tell Not me about jet lagged. Come life-lagged. on. Tell me about life lag. Uh, well, you know, this is uh, even just this, this past week. I've been doing a promo for the for the album for several months now via Zoom and all of that kind of stuff. I've been based in LA over the last month, doing a lot of work out of out of there for the US. And it was literally a week or so ago. They said, "All right, you're going to London for a week." And I went, "What? Hey, who? What? When?" <laughs> yeah, just in and out, flying in Saturday flying out Saturday and you have no life in between. I said, okay, thank you. That's, life, life. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's been great actually, you know, because I always, I'm quite resistant with many things and um, I just thought, uh, you know, why can't we do this on Zoom? But I have to say, meeting people and having conversations face to face there's no better way. Yeah. Absolutely no better way. And we're all more grateful than we've ever been it, within our so. lifetimes as well. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. at least rather. Um, so music is back in your life. I mean, it's always around you, but yeah. you're making music again. How come? Uh, ooh, long story short, I uh, was doing all the other projects that you mentioned, the the, the books, the photography, the Producing. White Feather Foundation, yeah. the produ- yeah, documentary work. And... Uh, and I'd put uh, music on hold, and I came across a box of uh, tapes, about three or four boxes of tapes, which had the reel-to-reels of the first demos I ever made, you know, from Volat, Too Late for Goodbyes, that kind of stuff. And I wondered, there was a couple of hundred tapes, and I wondered what was in here. So I got them cleaned up and uh, made sure that there was actually some material on there, listened to it, and... The first song I came up with was Every Little Moment, which is on the album. And it sounded like I'd recorded it last week. And I, I did it 30 years ago. And so I just put some real drums on it, re-sang the chorus, updated the, uh, uh, the production a little bit. And that was the beginning of the process. Because I was just... It wasn't for a purpose except to see how good I could make these songs sound right now. And one thing led to another. And by the end of sort of eight, nine... And songs, I you know to be honest with you, I, I thought I was just going to do either singles or EPs because that allows me to do the other work as well. Doing a whole album is a real getting my you know, in the trenches and my heart on my sleeve and a long, long process for me, which it has been, especially with the pandemic. But uh, you know, we muddled through it, and at the end of the day, the other thing about the album is that it's really. Songs from four decades, from the earliest that I started in the industry up until this point in time. So, you know, there were songs written a cup, you know, a year or two ago. It took 
It took a year to mix the album because of the pandemic. So many questions. Okay. Yeah, I, so many answers. Yeah, I know. Goodness me. <laughs> Not enough time. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. So you mentioned that you used to put on some real drums. One of the first um, uh, things your dad bought you to do with music was a drum machine. But That's one of the right. first... I didn't think... This was in 73, wasn't it? But um, I didn't think they had drum machines in yeah, 1973. It was, I can't remember. It was the Rhythm 77. It was one of those boxes that had the most bossa nova, the samba and all that kind of stuff. Like really. you get an organ maybe, Yes, perhaps. exactly, exactly. Right. I don't know what happened to that, but yeah, they, they were around back then. What did you think when he, when he bought you that? Did you put it to you straight away? Was, it, was he, was well, he I, suggesting no, something? No, he had one and I'd always, always played around with it. Right. And so when I was with him in New York uh, at that particular point in time, that was the time when he was teaching me how to play uh, acoustic guitar, you know, and uh, would rattle how off was a few that? songs. How was your dad as a teacher? Well, I had a, a vague understanding, you know, of the basic chords on guitar. So I just, it was, yeah, it, it was just nice to play with him, you know, more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, simple old rock and roll songs, really. Well, while we're there now, yeah. let's stay sure. let's stay there with the the, the the name of the album, Jude. Yes, okay, yeah, your history yeah. with Jude and Hey Jude and yeah. Hey Jules. Yes, um, very good. I know you've been asked this <laughs> a lot over the last couple of months. Go but on. It's a, just tell us about all that and tell us why you're sort of squaring the circle now with this album. Title. Uh, yeah, well, I, you know, it was taking ownership of it, really. Uh, I think we've all been through the mill uh, with the pandemic, uh, some more than others, and there was a lot of looking in the mirror and wondering at the end of the day who I am. You know, what, am I happy? Am I sad? If I'm sad, how do I change that? So it was, there's a lot of self reflection. Um, and I felt like I'd gone through the mill and also discovering these old tapes as well. So it was a journey from my musical beginning to now. And also you had a lot of the Beatles stuff going on with the Get Back, uh, you know, which was uh, bringing back uh, many, many memories fondly, I, I must add. Um, also, I, you know, I think, you know, I have a small memorabilia collection. So I and I had the Hey Jude arrangement notes, uh, which I made into an NFT for auction f uh, to benefit the White Feather Foundation, my foundation, so that we can get on with doing some more work. And uh, so it just was apparent that I'd come to a point now where I'd kind of shed a lot of uh, the old skin. And I felt this that this album in particular was the end of a chapter. And, you know, I think you also know that, you know, legally I was called John uh, originally, John Charles Julian Lennon. And I'd kind of been, you know, I've had issues with that, with security in airports and, you know, people making comments about that. And after 40 years of it, I was literally sick and tired <laughs> of being the second John. Right. You know, and I wanted to be me because everybody since year dot, mum and dad included, called me Julian or Jules. Um, so in 2020, I just said, you know what, I want to be me. I'm finally done with this. So by deed poll, went in, changed my name to Julian Charles John Lennon, putting myself first for the first time ever yeah, yeah. and being me for the first time ever. So that, that was a real, you know, weird weight off my shoulder and uh, to finally be me. And hence, you know, being me, being Julian, being Jules, being Jude, uh, it just all made sense to me. Great to see you, man. Yes, likewise. Okay, likewise. lucky ones. Uh, new single, new album, Jude. It's out now. Great to talk to Julian Lennon. And that is Julian Charles John Lennon. Thank you. Thank you. 
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All morning, all week, all our lives, we've been right here waiting for our next guest. He is the Grammy-winning, 30 million album-selling superstar who's had a number one single in each of the past four decades. His new album, Songwriter, is out now. And here he is with his new single, Same Heartbreak, Different Day, full marks from us for Richard Marks. Baby Same heartbreak, different day Here we are, best seats in the house again, as yeah. always. Unbelievable. Yeah, for School of Rock, see the Stool of Rock. How are you finding the stool? The stool is excellent. Yeah, you're happy with the stool? I, I, I've been told, you know, some people have perfect pitch. I've been told I have perfect stool. <laughs> perfect pitch. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, Richard, great album. So we have a brand new album out. And it's called Songwriter. It's out now. Songwriter, aptly named because he's having fun with the genres, is the songer. Uh, so he has five pop songs. He has five rock, five country and five ballads. So it's like a sort of little mini EP discography. Um, you know, you talked about elegance before. Elegance doesn't necessarily mean easy or does it? You seem to be so good at this now. Oh, that's <laughs> that's just experience. Really? Yeah. Um, if I think that there is elegance in experience sometimes. Uh, the days of being nervous or, you know, I try to explain it to people. I, I no longer get nervous. I get a little nervous, like for live TV, maybe sometimes. Just right. because not <laughs> this is going to sound so cocky. Not because I'm worried about me screwing up, but there's so many things that can go wrong. Things that can go Chain wrong. Chain of command. But when it's a gig and I'm backstage and I just can't wait to get out there, the butterflies still happen. But it's not nerves; it's just excitement. Can't wait to get out there. Yeah, and even something like this, like the, I think to myself, this is what I do for a living. Yeah. I come in and I hang out with nice people and play music and. And get, we... get beautiful intros that my publicist <laughs> sends over. Um, it's a pretty good life. Well, we, we get an even better deal because we get to, to be in your company and you come and do all the heavy lifting and we just we just sort of frame it, I suppose, <laughs> is what we do. Um, talking of touring and gigging, I mean, you're, you're having a, a, a final time. It's like a, This is a mini world tour that you're on. Yeah, so you've, I... you've done a lot of Europe already. Yeah, 24. Where... Last night was my 24th show of this tour. Okay, and you're tonight Union Chapel again, so three... three tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Right, so yeah. six. Are we see yeah, fifth today, six tomorrow. Yeah. And um and so lots of Europe already done and dusted. Italy to come, France to come. Uh, but then you did in Australia, back in the US, you know, I mean th- that is proper globe trotting, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but I've never enjoyed it more. Right. Because number one well, two reasons. One, because my wife Daisy really does love being on the road with me. Right. And uh we you know we met later in life. So we're we don't have a lot of time to waste so she travel even though she's got a career of her own she travels with me i'd say 90 percent of the time so as opposed to most of my touring life i'd come off stage to screaming love and go back to a hotel room by myself interesting i come off stage now and there's my beautiful wife holding a martini saying we have reservations at this place down the street uh, it's really fun, and, and it's a family affair, isn't it? Because your son nearly made it this morning, but he did. He's he's, he, he he's, had, he he's a, a little, son. He had a few too many last <laughs> yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we were young and foolish, we were 
Young and foolish, yeah. but we were having the party, the mother of all parties, um, which is beautiful. So New Zealand, Australia, you know, uh, your music travels well. It always has done. Um, you're illustrious. Uh, just take us back to writing those jingles for your dad's ad company, because we've never had this chat. So right. Tell us I, about I that. didn't write any. My father wrote them. All right. I, I sang on them. I see. Got it. My father was a, he started out as a jazz pianist, m- m- like phenomenal and very successful in Chicago, where I'm from. And then in the 60s, he started his own jingle company. Right. So he wrote music for TV and radio commercials in the heyday of the jingle business, you know. Uh, my mother was a big band singer. When they met, she started singing on the jingles. So it was a family business. And then by the time I was five or six, my dad started getting jobs for like, you know, breakfast cereals and candy bars. Like they needed kids to sing these jingles. And I would be home walking around singing monkeys songs very well in tune and my dad said i think my kid can actually sing i'm going to bring him in nepotism be damned and i so i grew up in the studio you know making jingles with my parents oh my goodness me that's so fortuitous because we all want the best for our kids and the, the, the thing we all want don't we and we've got to be careful with too much projection here um you know and they've got to have their own manifestation about them uh, regardless of the tenderness of their years but we all want the best for our kids and we just all if we could have one wish for our kids it would always be wouldn't it let i hope they find their lane yeah. as soon as possible yeah. they dive into it and they enjoy the water you know the temperature the ambience of the whole thing i mean h- how fortuitous i mean you you've done all the work as well but to be surrounded by that magic as a kid yeah well i mean and to be carrying it on you know my parent i lost my mom a year ago so i'm you know now it's just me and my kids but that i shared this love not only the actual act of making music but the love of music with my parents and now all three of my sons carrying it on i work with them they sing with me i write songs with them the new album, my son Lucas produced three tracks for me. My son Jesse did another two. Um, you know, I was joking in the elevator. I was like, I got three sons and not one bloody doctor. I got... <laughs> I got not yet. I got all musicians. <laughs> Richard, you're awesome. It's great to have you, you are, here. Man. You're always welcome. Thank you. Okay, brand new album from Richard Marks, and it's a special album. Uh, four different genres, uh, sort of four mini EPs, uh, five songs in each little sort of discography. You got your rock, you pop your ballads and your country and it's entitled songwriter it's out now single same heartbreak different day out now also and for everything richard marks richardmarks.com the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky virgin radio all right we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already but still to come presenter journalist and car fanatic lee mckenzie flicks through her brand new book inside f1 marathon master hugh brasher tells us how you can get involved in next year's london marathon creative director of dulux marianne shillingford had as wowed and wooed as she revealed this year's dulux color of the year f1's finest david crofty croft has us fired up ahead of the japanese grand prix so let's get right back into it vasos who is next Our next guest's new book, Inside F1, is out on Wednesday, and she is so far inside F1, she's in danger of giving Lewis's car a leak. This is Drive to Survive in book form from a presenter who's always on top form. If fast cars send you into a frenzy, listen up, folks, it's Lee McKenzie! You nearly said that then. Yes, nearly. Hi, Lee. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm all the better for that introduction. I don't even know where to go from that. <laughs> you're great. Oh, well, thank you. You are. You're this so is why good at I your turn up job. To this show. Oh, my goodness me. You're so good. You're so good. How did you get into How did you start your job? 
So my father was a Fleet Street journalist. I was the annoying child that turned up everywhere. I mean, I was barely at school. I think I'd covered most major sports events by the age of 12. (laughs) which meant that my education was not great, but I had a, a very wide sporting knowledge. And then I suddenly looked around and I thought, people get paid to do this? I know. This is incredible. Go and watch the greatest sporting events in the world from the pound seats. Exactly. Yeah, so what was the first most memorable thing you attended? I attended a lot of rugby when I was younger. And um, then I was at Wimbledon, at Formula One as well, in the early 90s, mid-90s. I would have been about 11, 10. Really? Yes. And were you doing, like, uh, pretend reports and things like that? I was, yeah. And then I used to get a Monday morning off school and I'd go into my local newspaper, the Ayrshire Post, and I'd write up the rugby column and an equestrian column called Horsing Around with Lee McKenzie. (laughs) That one didn't catch on. Um, And then, yeah, then I went back to school in the afternoon. I think everyone at school hated me because, I mean, who in their right mind leaves school to go into a newspaper to write... you know, to write a report which gets published. Right, so from print to broadcast. So when did that transition happen and how? I left university and I was offered a job as uh, for a national newspaper, which was just starting up as a rugby journalist, the head of the rugby department. Of course, there wasn't a rugby department because there was no newspaper. And they guaranteed my salary for two years if if the newspaper folded. It's still going, actually. But I was so arrogant at that age. I thought, well, newspapers, I've done it. I mean, I'm 19 of course I've done that by now. I'm an old hack. Uh, I'm an old hack. So I went into uh, TV because I love writing and writing for television is very different than writing for newspapers. Um, and yeah, I, I always think I'm a, a journalist who happens to be on TV. I, I never went into television because I wanted to have my face on a screen. I still think it's quite awkward. I hate watching myself back. Um, but yeah. I love I love the job. That's why I do it. But you're so at ease with it. You know, you old head on young shoulders. You've always had this sort of laconic Des Lynham-esque kind of vibe, you know, which is fine if you're Des Lynham and you're in your 50s or you're early 60s. But how do you get to be so relaxed in front of the camera or the microphone? I think it's the work you do before you get there. And right. you'll all know that. You know, what you do on this show. That's <laughs> um. <laughs> I was directing that at you. And he met... Chris directed laughter. <laughs> that is yeah. not all the work he does in preparation <laughs> for the show. I see a lot of paper. Yeah, yeah. It's not his. It's from <laughs> no, the last person yeah. that was sitting at that desk. So hang on. So Lee, you you do some work. I do before you go on air. Yes, it'll never catch on. Blow, blows my <laughs> mind. It, <laughs> is that possible? It is possible. And so, then sorry, what you on, do is uh, the, the the words that you say on camera are basically like you know the pinnacle. It's like the the tip of the iceberg, but below the water is all like the hard stuff that's keeping it up there. And you know, I I do the same. It doesn't matter if it's you know Wimbledon when I appear on court or Formula One or what I'm doing rugby. I would also ask every question differently to the person in front of me. That's my responsibility to know who's going to be there because sometimes somebody needs a little ego massage. Other drivers or athletes just want you to get, you know, crack on and get on with it. Yeah. But essentially my job is to facilitate a good answer. No, yeah, but you always let them know that you know about them and have respect for yeah. them in your question yes. and you always do that. Well, thank you. It's, it doesn't go unnoticed, let me tell you. What was the first big event you covered? Well, actually, I started in news. So I covered things like uh, general elections, the Lockerbie trial. And that was quite important because I remember um, the the plane going down when I was a kid. 
Um, so to be able to cover that as a court case, I think, was probably quite a cathartic thing. So I started off as a news journalist. I was always told to be a good sports journalist. You had to be a good news journalist. You apply that. That's why I think I'm, I can be friendly with some of the drivers, as you see in the book. But also I can also always ask a tough question because you have to be a little bit distant in those moments. You can't go as if yeah. it's, you know, someone's your best friend. You still have a duty and a responsibility once, to ask you know, a big question. Once the lines are blurred, they remain blurred, don't exactly. they? Exactly. Inside F1, Lee McKenzie forward by David Coulthard. So uh, you've you've alluded to who your favourite driver might be. You haven't really given us a nail no. answer. Don't blame you. I just tell me, I would tell me to unask the question. Uh, what about your favourite sport? <laughs> well, Formula One is I hate saying the word easy. I've spent so much time in it. I can drop in on that. I do also love rugby. Um, I've got horses. Horses is my sort of background. I've fallen off all over the world, <laughs> which means I'm not very good. Um, yeah, it would be one of the three. As, a, as an event, yeah. as an event, I do think Wimbledon is yeah, the best special. two weeks. It's so special to be there. Longest days ever. I also have normally have to leave to do Silverstone in between, which kind of breaks the flow. Um, but yeah, as an event, to go on to Centre Court and be doing those interviews is, is huge. Discretion. I know, and also, you know, um, uh, pretty big um, tennis shoes to fill, those of two Barkers, and you were doing it so eloquently, elegantly and articulately. So congratulations, well done. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to see you. You are the best. I literally think you are the best at your job. Inside F1, uh, Michael Schumacher, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, Felipe Massa, Jensen Button. Observations, no judgments. Lee McKenzie with a forward by David Coulthard. It's out now. Inside F1. Uh, can you sign this for now, please? I will Thank do. you very much indeed. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. All the best. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. His dad once famously paced Roger Bannister to the first ever sub four-minute mile. His daughter once paced my daughter to her junior parkrun PB. And in between, he's in charge of literally the world's greatest race. The London Marathon is humanity at its best, and so is its boss. So a big thank you is due to guess who? Woohoo! It's our Hugh! Hugh Brasher! Good morning, Hugh! Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Vessels. Good morning, the team. How was it for you? Uh, I was just one of the most joyous occasions uh, it's just a sea of humanity getting together and being positive. And look, we need positivity in life. That's why I love listening to this show, because it is about positivity. There's so much negativity. There's so much that's going wrong. But that day is honestly one of the most life-affirming days of your life. And I love the fact that Vassos is running around now in a minion suit. This is a man that can run under three hours in a marathon. But actually, what he's deciding to do is put on a minion suit and just get in to the fantastic feeling that you get from running 26.2 miles. Who could believe that was possible? It's so crazy, so crazy, but everything you're saying is true. Now, I know you haven't had the spectator figures in from DLR yet, but be prepared for those because I honestly, it was so well attended yesterday. 20 or 30 deep in most places around Kudisar, 40 and 50 deep. In various places, you have the new the Rainbow... Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road, which is beautiful. That's a new thing. That was gorgeous. Um, but there was nowhere where there was no one, and I've never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to be people just want to embrace. I think there was something like 73 pubs on the on the route. 73 pubs have their best day of the year. I mean, come on. Uh, again, it's, it is a celebration and I think, you know, we've tried to make the back of the pack, the people coming at the end. I was walking with them for the first three and a half miles um, yesterday. So it, it, it is just trying to be more inclusive, get more people involved. Because again, I just say, 
get positive, yeah. um, look to something enjoyable. Um, there's an amazing man running yesterday, Anoushe Azuri, who got locked up in jail in Iran on trumped up charges. And uh, his vision for freedom, his vision was to run the London Marathon. And he did that yesterday. And it is, he was living in a jail with rats, cockroaches. He was being tortured. And he said to me yesterday, he was just looking for this one positive thing in his life. And he thought about the London Marathon. He thought about the freedom. And yesterday he ran it. And I haven't spoken to him today, but just speaking to him yesterday, it was just, again, a joyous thing to be You're doing. You're flying, aren't you? So many stories. That's a very special story. But everybody has a story who runs the London Marathon. That, that, that's exactly it. it. You know, there's some amazing elite athletes and we love them. But it's the stories of everyday people who, whether they're running for a loved one, running to, running to, celebrate life having got through cancer I spoke to a lady yesterday she was 51 and the first thing she said to me I am a cancer survivor Um, and uh, you know that was her positive statement this is what she's run she came from Canada she'd run a PB um, but she just wanted to go what an amazing experience and my father when he founded co-founded this event he wrote an article in the Observer and he said his final sentence was does London have the heart and um, hospitality to welcome the world. And I think it was actually the heart and the soul to welcome the world. And London proved it uh, again, so many times again, over. Again, again. Um, by the way, good morning to all the other marathons that took place over the weekend and that take place throughout the year. Obviously, we're focusing on this one because Hugh's here and we all ran it yesterday. You know, um, our gang between us, we ran between sort of three and six hours, uh, depending on who, who you're talking to. And so we were cycling back yesterday from the finish. Um, I jumped on a Boris bike around um, Pall Mall. And I was cycling passed uh, through Trafalgar Square then I turned right onto Waterloo Bridge and as I was crossing Waterloo Bridge I heard this cheering I mean what's that of course it was still going on and the cheers were just as loud then as when we were finishing yeah I mean the t- the team sent me a photograph of them leaving the finish line last night and it was uh, quarter past one in the morning um, so uh, yeah we're trying to open the roads uh, there's there, there's a huge cleanup operation going on um, but yeah it's, it's just one of those events where there is across London various different things going on you can't see them all at the same time um, and it was an amazing day yesterday but I also loved the kids mini marathon the yeah, day Saturday, before yeah, yeah. we haven't done that yet we've got to do that next year and how does that how does that work how does that what's so the- yeah I mean it's, it's basically about getting kids to be able to run through those finishing to run through that finish line, get an amazing experience. Every child is being paid £10 towards compu- for computer equipment or sports equipment. Um, and we're trying to target schools in London, more disadvantaged schools. Because of what happened in COVID, the massive disparity between those that had and those that didn't have. And how can you try and even that up? So, um, you know, this is a TCS a sort of totally involved in this we want more kids to be to become on a level playing field and the mental benefits um you know there are more children suffering with anxiety there are more people with anxiety running 
is a positive yeah. force for good. That's you know, what we want to create, an get amazing... Get out of your head by getting into your body. That's the thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And then when you revisit your head, there's a lot more space than there was before you started. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, give our love to Chicago and all the other um, marathons that you are part of and the running communities that you're involved in. If people do um, enter the ballot, a, a word to the wise, you, please do try and, you know, don't enter the ballot willy-nilly thinking, I might run, I might not run. Try, have an intention to run should you get the place. Oh, yeah, absolutely have an intention to run, but it can be the first step because it's then like do download couch to 5k start doing a park run i mean they're just incredible events uh you know delighted sky helped mary set her pb um (laughs) and it's just the community that you get there and it's actually about the coffee and the cake i mean come on everything is about about the the coffee and the cake about the cold beers and the curry last night let me tell you it's the best beer of the year the best Beer. This is all going to end in beers. That was yeah. my favourite sign yesterday. <laughs> and it all started with beers. That's where it started, in a pub, the Dysart Arms in 1978. So it starts with a beer, it finishes with a beer. Beard says it all. Yeah, you don't have to drink beer, but anyway, some of us do and we love it. Uh, thank you, Hugh. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Pepper red and molten yellow and fortune green and blissful blue. Our next guest won't just sing you a rainbow. She'll match your walls to your curtains to that exact shade of dusty banana with a hint of avocado. She's definitely one to swatch and even now it's cold, she only needs one coat. Please welcome Dulux Creative Director, Marianne Schellingford. Good morning, Marianne. <laughs> how are you? Oh, I am very happy. Well, well how's this sound? How does Sam Vassos, Dame Marianne Shillingford. Oh, Come on, that's got to It's got to ring. <laughs> All right, so uh, here we are, the colour of the year. Should, let's get straight on with it. What is your colour of the year, Marianne? The colour of the year this year is called Wild Wonder. Right, now tell us about Wild Wonder. Well, Wild Wonder, the story of... It, it's, a, it's a story, a colour story, and the story of colour this year is all about nature. Yes. And it's all about reconnecting with nature because in times of uncertainty, what do we do? We, we need to find things that reassure us, the familiar, and nature is always where we go when we're having a bad time. And so bringing some of that nature into our home, this is a biophilic colour. This is a colour that connects us with nature because it's a soft green, but it's also a magical colour because it's... It, it has a thing called metamerism. Now, metamerism, a metameric colour, is a colour that changes as the light moves across the sky during the day. Metamerism. So this colour starts off looking green, soft, soft green, moves through to the most beautiful golden barley, and then in the evening it becomes a cool gold. And so it's this colour that's never fixed, just like nature. I mean, How good is amazing. That? It's magic. That's how she starts. <laughs> magic colour. Yeah. Please paint my walls with magic. Thank you. It's yeah. really magic. It's Seriously like Paul McCartney magic. coming on and kicking off with Helter Skelter. I mean, why, why would you not do that? So, so this is what a lot of people don't realise. I didn't realise it until I met you, and I love you. You know, I love you. I genuinely, genuinely love you. You know that. I told you before. I, I actually love you. I love you like you're a member of my family. You sort of are. You're always in our house because you sorted our house out. So. What's, what's magical about that is the fact that you can paint your house different colours which meet the day, you know, at the doorstep or on the window frame. And, y- you know, it, it reflects the seasons. You know, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's an echo or a magnification of what's going on in nature. And it, that helps you with the way you are from the inside out. Absolutely. absolutely. Colour is... I mean, we make decisions about colour every single day. Look what you're wearing. All of you guys have put colour on that will make you feel something. Either pick you up, calm you down. You know, every day, it's the most incredible language we all speak universally we speak color but we don't really kind of like we don't really 
investigate it. Oh, no, as we don't much. invest or investigate no, it enough. No, You're no. You're wearing green today because <gasps> obviously you know you come in here. We're going to be talking yes, about yes, colour. Yes. So that may, must have been a significant decision this morning. It was green. Is it was one of those colours of balance. I am I am a little bit excitable. <laughs> I'm prone to a bit of orange and pink, and so green is that colour of ultimate balance. It's right in the middle of the visual spectrum, and it balances everything. It works with everything. So I've got some jolly shoes on, and I've got an ice green top just to keep me. It doesn't work, by the way, because yeah. I am so excited. That is so interesting because my favourite colours are orange. You know this. Yes. My favourite colours are orange, green, yellow, and then purple. Yeah. Um, and I love to wear orange. I love to wear green, especially when interviewing people when doing the show because it does have an effect on the, the way your it guests does. respond to you. And the, it does. So James Martin famously um, took on um, took on the uh, the advice of a colourist uh, for his TV show and started to wear different colour clothes mm. on telly, and his viewing figures went up by forty percent. <gasps> Why might that be? How would that work? Well. Color, every colour has something. It's a cultural reference. It can have a, um, a personal reference to you. So you'll choose a colour for, for, for a reason. Now, you're wearing this most amazing, vibrant purple. Now, in kind of colour, what colour means or what that sort of says to us is mysterious to start off with. It, it suggests that you are a creative problem solver, but you're also a dreamer. And the colour is is very modern. It's one of the most modern colours we can find. So you're hugely modern. You're a creative a problem solver. You're a dreamer, and you're quite mysterious. And so also, today, my, my wife looks wonderful in purple. It reminds me of her because <gasps> she looks. This is she looks amazing in all the shades. Yeah. Uh, but I think she looks best in purple. It's regal. It's a regal colour. It's very. It was the most expensive colour anybody could ever make. It used to be made, um, it was a, a Tyrian purple, was a colour that was made um, by grinding mollusks, a certain marine mollusk, um, and only the Romans, only the high status people ever wore it. And it was only in the Georgian time that we actually discovered a way of making purple in dye, and it became available to everybody. Until that point, it was the most expensive colour. Nobody could afford it. So it has this amazing modernity. It's, it's, it's yeah, ro royal. Yeah, oh, I love it. Lord Chris. All right, so let's go for, let's just repeat, what is it again, the colour of the year? The colour of the year is wild wonder all right and what do you want wild wonder to achieve for people i just want it to yeah that reconnect them with nature um, did you create wild wonder we did okay how, yeah, how yeah. did you do that how did you go about creating a brand new color oh well we do we we, we we do this thing called a trend forecast um every year so we gather together from all over the world some amazing minds and thought thought leaders in design in uh, color in fashion in art in creativity and we ask these people who are independent to us they don't they're not color experts and we ask them what is happening in the world that's going to affect the way that we live in the future so what's going to be the big thing what are we spending our money on where are we going on holiday what are we feeling what are we worried about and and then um, we, we get them together for three days. They talk about it. They share their ideas. And then after that three days, our teams interpret this sort of story of our lives in palettes of colour that capture what we want and what we need in I our homes. It. I love it. So it's about people. It's Ugh. not about stuff. It's about people. Once again, um, Marianne's Dulux Colour of the Year is Wild Wonder. Check it out. It's a, it's a colour that changes as the day unfolds, regardless of what the season, you know, or the time of the day or the time of the year is, because you can paint your house to, to change colour as the day, as the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening. And that, why wouldn't you want to live in a living space? That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're awesome, Marianne. Any, anything else you'd like to say to sign off? <laughs> Well, I just yeah, keep 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 colouring in, guys. <laughs> and consider colour is a superpower. It is a That's superpower. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Whether it's what you wear, whether yeah. it's how you look, yeah. you know, um, whether it's like yeah, you know, what you're painting your fence down down the you know your front door first. You never get the second chance to make a first impression. Yeah, and things like that. It's yeah. so important, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and because I, I I I can't really abide a car with the uh, with the black interior because it just I do I want to I want a fun interior. Do you know what I mean? I want a yeah. colourful interior. Um, that's 
that's why I, I, I love the um, the brand new cars that have a retro yeah. joy about them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Color, color changes everything and it just makes life better. What is your favourite colour? <gasps> orange. <laughs> I'm an orange. I'm an orange and green I'm all the way. Orange, orange and green yeah. all the way down the line. <laughs> Still getting questions in. You've been listening to Marianne. Uh, she works for a very well-known paint company. We've said the name a few times. Her name is Marianne Shillingford and she is just the best of the best. That's it. We're out of time. Marianne, we love you. Yeah, we do. Deeply. Yeah. If they, if, tell us where they're going to build the temple and we're, we're <laughs> queuing up to worship <laughs> at the altar. Yep. It's as simple as that. Goodbye, everyone. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He's big in Japan tonight with a gig in Japan tonight. He'll be on the mic as Max Verstappen bids to wrap up the world title in the Japanese Grand Prix live on Sky Sports F1 from 3.30am tomorrow morning. And who needs softly, softly... When you've got Crofty Crofty. Good morning, <laughs> David. Good morning, good afternoon. How are we all? Very well. Now, Crofty, we know that even when you're on long calls, sometimes you nip back to Bedfordshire in between. Um, you were in Singapore last weekend. You're in Japan now. Has Bedfordshire seen um, any sign of you in between? Uh it certainly hasn't. There's a very nice golf course in Singapore. Well, there's several. Ah. So we decided we'd go play golf instead. Got it. it was much more preferable. Got it. Now, <laughs> because we were running that there London Marathon on Sunday, I heard of many things that took place in Singapore, but I still haven't seen any of the highlights. I haven't had t- time to catch up. Can you, can you get me up to speed, please? All right. Firstly, do you know who won? Because I don't want to spoil it for yes, you. Yes, no, Sergio Perez. Yeah. And I'm very pleased right, for him because so- I, I really like him. I'll give you a Sergio Perez stat in a moment because it was written in the stars on Sunday night. It rained a lot. Uh, the race was mainly won in the wet. Uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, had a, a couple of boo-boos in the race and he finished a bit low down. Max Verstappen didn't get away very well. He finished low down too. And it was left to Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc to scrap it out in the end. Leclerc gave it everything. Perez held on. And let me give you this. Sergio Perez... It's in his 11th season in Formula One. Uh, the name Sergio Perez has 11 letters. It's 11 years since someone won Monaco and Singapore in the same season. He drives car number 11. He came out of garage number 11. And he crossed the line to take the chequered flag at 11, 11, 11 no, Singapore get, time. get out of here. It's true, I tell you. That Some things amazing. are meant to be. How, who comes up with those stats? Crofty. Uh, well, this was a, someone called Formula uh, Kimmich on uh, on Twitter that I saw. So I'll give them full credit for this one. I don't know how anyone works that one out. I, I was too busy screaming Sergio Perez wins. Yeah, because you, you can craft stats to a story, can't you? But you can't craft that one. That is literally written on no. the stars. No, that is absolute Love fate. Uh, and I wish I'd have thought about it before the race. But he did brilliantly. Um, there were so many safety cars and virtual safety cars and so much action going on. He was as calm as you like, led from start to finish, took the lead at the first uh, corner. And that was good for Sergio Perez. He's played the supporting role to Max all season long. He'll do it this weekend, I think, as well. But he deserves his moment in the spotlight. So Nicholas Latifi will be no more, at least for next season, we're hearing now. Yeah, it's a real shame, actually. Um, Latifi not happy. He had a bit of a crash with Joe Guanyu, thought that it would be nice of the stewards that have heard his side of the story before they gave him a five-place grid penalty for this weekend's race. Um, and I think look, I think it was inevitable that Williams and Nicholas were going to part company. It hasn't been brilliant for, for him or for the team this season. 
I'm talking to him today. He says he has no idea what he's going to do next year, uh, where he's going to go, but it, it won't be Formula One. Um, as far as I know, it, there's only one seat up for grabs now, and that's at Haas. And that's either Nico Hulkenberg or Mick Schumacher getting that one. And Alpine and uh, Alpha Tauri will announce their new drivers for next season sometime over the course of this weekend. All right. Can't and tell you who. Is there any chance, because we hear lots of whispers about this, of, um, of uh, Roger Federer actually joining you in the commentary box next... Oh, sorry, that's tennis. All uh, right, OK, back to, <laughs> back to F1 and Japan. Um, often, mm-hmm. uh, we've had the rainiest races ever at Suzuka. You've been better in a speedboat than a Formula One car. And uh, rain yeah. potentially forecast for the weekend, which will make it all very exciting. Yeah, last time we came here, we had a typhoon rolling in, so everything got abandoned on the Saturday and we had qualifying Sunday uh, and then the race there is rain coming tomorrow tomorrow's going to be very wet Saturday a bit drier and the last forecast I saw there was a bit of rain around on Sunday as well and we don't need rain here at Suzuka it's one of the great tracks uh, that we visit during the course of the season I absolutely love this place only figure of eight track that we run at in the in Formula One there are corners that, that bite here if you go off there's no long runoff areas there's lots of gravel. There's lots of walls that are really close. Uh, and if you have a mistake, it's going to cost you dear. But uh, all, all eyes on Max Verstappen. He will be world champion if he wins the race and gets the fastest lap uh, this weekend, which means um, that he could potentially get that fastest lap on the last lap of the race and for the second year running, win a world title on the last lap of a race, although it won't be quite so controversial, I don't think, uh, or as dramatic as we had in Abu Dhabi last year. Now, he's streets ahead. Of course, he is Max Verstappen in the World Championship table, um, and he could have won in Singapore last weekend. He could win in Japan uh, this week, clinch the title, that is, not just win the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what the odds of him not winning the World Championship are, because he didn't win it last week in Singapore, and he's got Japan, USA, Mexico, Brazil, and Abu Dhabi to go. I mean, it's more than odds on that he will, but he might, he might not, everyone. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, um, I can look up the odds if you wish uh, to see. Uh, oh no, I can't because uh, <laughs> no, I'm in Japan. It won't let yeah, me on the worry. website. Don't That's worry, it's, all, it's okay. Um, did you <laughs> he's see? Not, he's not going to miss out. All right. Did you see the missile flying overhead a couple of days ago? Uh, we did look out the plane window uh, just in case. That's a bit worrying, but, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I reassured Paul DeResta that we would be flying higher than the missile was, so we'll be okay on that one. Right. Uh, it is a bit worrying, but they're all going north, not not a bit further south where we are. Okay, uh, Crofty, thank heaven, uh, not going south ever, because he's the finest F1 commentator on the planet. <laughs> David Croft, Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, practice starts tomorrow. It's 3.30am on Sky Sports F1 if you want to catch it. The race live Sunday morning, 4.30am, repeated from 9 o'clock and throughout the day on Sunday too. That's David Croft representing the Sky Sports F1 team. And this is the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.